Good morning. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we could come and be here um, with you. We thank you, Lord, that you are good and that you are wonderful, Lord, that you are sovereign, Lord, that you are in control of everything. Lord, we ask that your words would be heard today. Lord, not my own, not anything else, not the songs, not anything else that's happening, um, not the worries that are, are at home or the things that we have to do, Lord, but none of those things would be heard, Lord, but instead just your words. And that we would walk away falling more in love with you than we ever were before. And that our hearts would be more submitted to you than ever before. Lord, soften our hearts to receive you. In your holy name, amen. Good morning. My name is Danny, which is nice because it's like half the people here. Um, and then uh, I just want to let you guys know uh, that they asked me to teach for about two to three hours. So if I pause, I'm just filling time. I'm not trying to make an impact of any sort. So <clears throat> the uh, thanks, Ben. <laughs> right now we're in the end of Ephesians. And so uh, I just want to read that together. Um, and so I'm actually going to start at verse 10, and we're going to go all the way. We're going to read all the way here to the end. Oh, by the way, if you don't have a Bible, raise your hands, and uh, we'll get you one. Ephesians 6, 10 to the end. Finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the, of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, and having done all to stand firm. Uh, let's see. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak, so that you may also know how I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the, in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that you may be encouraged in your hearts. Peace be to the brothers in love with faith, from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be with you all. Grace be with all who love the Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. There's a lot in this, so I'm going to do my best to unpack it. But quick, a quick side note here is that the majority of the New Testament is written as letter form. And so the ending of a lot of these is, is addressing uh, the people that the, the audience and 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 so that's kind of what this, um, this last the verse, what is that, 22 through 23 or so, 
um, is doing. I think a lot of times, just as a quick side note, a lot of times it's our tendency to just want to ne- neglect that portion, but God in his infinite wisdom chose to make these verses, chose to make the books of the Bible letters, and there are things to learn. I'm not going to focus on it, but I do want us to remember that they're there. Um, they're there for us. What I do want to focus on is the aspect of prayer. Okay, the, This section ends two parts. It ends not only the book of Ephesians, but it also ends this section about um, spiritual warfare and being readied by uh, putting on the the armor of God. And so, and it's perfect because as as through Ephesians, what what we had was that we find our identity in Christ and then we are unified together with him walking in the Spirit so that we can stand firm. And then what it does is it wraps around, right here in these final verses, it wraps back around into full dependence on him. Okay? It's super easy. What I, the tendency is to do is to want to start at chapter 6 and work our way backwards, to say that I will first stand firm so that I can walk in the Spirit in community, so that I can find my identity in Christ. And that is the wrong, that's not how the book is written. That's not, the, that's not the path that God's chosen for us to take. We find our identity in him, fully dependent on him, so that we can, in community, stand together and stand, and stand firm. And so I do want to, to keep that in mind. The, it's at the end of this armor of God, and it's attached to the sword of the Spirit. So when it reads, it reads, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. It's connected to this sword of the Spirit because we only, because prayer and the Bible are inextricably linked. We cannot know what to pray for, how to pray, when to pray without the Bible telling us which direction to go. So many of us want to say, well, what's the word of God? What is the will of God? And so often it tells us in Scripture. And so it's, it's amazing because the darts that will come at us are going to be these lies, these temptations to believe these different things that, that you're not good enough or you're not worthy or that that, that that isn't for you, that those promises are not for you. Or whatever it is that these darts, whatever weakness it is that you have that you're susceptible to believing, those are the darts, those are the lies that Satan is twisting to shoot at you. Okay, and so Corinthians tells us, 1 Corinthians 14.10 says that there are many voices in the world and none are without meaning. So as I was studying this, I was thinking about how do we know, like how are prayer and how are the Bible so linked together? And I just, I believe that, that the enemy, he takes these darts, they're not, he takes these nuggets of truth and he twists them. We have to remember that that Satan, only God is creative. Only God is creative. Okay? I'm, I'm not creative at all. Some of you guys are very creative, but, but only God is truly creative, creating something out of nothing. And so Satan's schemes, his darts, they are twistings of truth. They're nothing new. They're nothing that is, that is completely out of left field really. In so many ways, it's a, it's a truth nugget that he has twisted. 
And so how do we discern those? We discern them by the scripture. We know the right voice by the scripture. John 10, 1 through 8 and 14 says that truly, truly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, the man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear my voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes out before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. The stranger they won't follow, for they, they, and they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And then on to 14, I am the good shepherd, Jesus speaking, I am the good shepherd, I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay my life down for the sheep. My dad used this verse when I was younger to, um, to illustrate what this really meant. And what he did is he, my, my uncle called, and he called on the phone, and we had the landline deal going, and my dad would use us kids to screen calls so that solicitors couldn't actually get to him. And so we, you know, we answer the phone, and may I ask who's calling? And, he, and he's like, well, it's, my, it's your uncle. Don't you know your uncle's voice? And I was like, well, no. So here's the phone, and I walked off, and I did my thing, and I probably was six or seven years old, maybe a little older. And um, my dad had his conversation, and later on that evening, he pulled me aside. He said, why didn't you know your uncle's voice? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And he's like, well, do, have you, do you know what he looks like? And I was like, I don't know if I've ever met him. Have you talked to him on the phone before? Has he ever called and talked to you? I said, no. I don't remember him ever calling doing that. Have you ever, you know, spent time around people who spend time with him to kind of get an idea of who he is? And it's like, nope. And he said that it makes sense why you would have no idea what his voice sounded like because you've never done any of these things. You've never done any of these things. Why would you understand his voice? Why would you know it? And so, much, so many of us, like as we sit in this room, you know, we, have, we hear a kid cry out there and all of us parents perk up. Uh, not mine, right? And we know. We just hear it. Or we get a call on the phone, and, and um, they start talking, and we immediately know it's our spouse or our best friend or parents because we've spent time with them. We've, we love them, and, and in so many ways, we've studied them because we care for them. We want to know who they are and what is, is going on. And so that's the same. My dad used that 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 story, and I remember that for so long ago, to illustrate what it is to know God's voice, that when these voices that Corinthians talks about, when these voices come, these lies, these darts, these things that come, when they come, not if, when, we can discern them from God's voice, God's true voice. So oftentimes it's our voice, or sometimes it's the voice of of someone who uh, maybe wronged us in the past. So often it's those things, but instead we discern it into God's voice because we spent time in his scripture. We spent time with the people who are spending time in his scripture. 
so that we can learn and know, so that when, God's, when the voice comes and says, it's this and this and this, we're able to discern and say, no, that doesn't sound like God. That doesn't sound like the Father who loves me, who gave himself for me. The other aspect of this is that, is that we stand firm together, not only through prayer, but it says through supplication. Okay? That we, we supplicate together. I didn't really know what supplicate meant, so I looked it up. And it says that we pray, ask, beg of something earnestly or humbly. A synonym would be to entreat, to beg, plead, plead with, implore, petition, appeal, call on, urge, and it goes on. So as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about pleading. I was like, what does it mean to, to plead with? And so there were some things going on in, 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 in my life, and I was praying with God, and I said, okay, God, I'm pleading with you. And, uh, and he kind of slaps me across the face a little bit, so I'm going to pass that along to you. And he says that, or I, I, I was thinking, and I said, oh, Lord, I'm pleading with you. And he said, and I thought, does saying it mean I'm really doing it? If I say I'm pleading, am I pleading? And I was like, well, no, I guess not. I said, well, I'm not sure I know how to plead. And I, I feel like I heard the Lord tell me, because you don't yet fully know what it is to need me for everything. There's a verse that my son and I have been studying together. And it is, uh, we're studying some of the basics of, of the fundamentals of Christian, of what we believe. And uh, the first one, I, I think he's in here. I can't see him. There he is. And it says that, what is our only hope in life and death? And is that we are not our own, but we belong to God. And the verse that it says is that Romans 14, 7. And it says, for none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. It is for this end that Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. And what I got from this verse, from my son teaching me, is that he is everything. I need him for everything. I can't possibly stand firm without him. We can't stand firm without him. And so we are called to pray together to stand firm in all things. But it says especially for boldness to share the good news. What's the good news? The good news is that he came fully God and fully man, humbling himself, enduring everything we could possibly go through. Anything that you could possibly go through, he endured, and was without sin. And I don't, I don't, sorry, I don't say that because you're doing it bad. I'm saying it because he's got power in him, that you can endure whatever it is you're going through in him. He gave himself to death on the cross, even while we were still sinning. He died for us. He endured pain and shame on the cross that we might know God and be rightly dependent on him. He rose after three days, conquering sin and death so that we could 
so that if we submit to his lordship, meaning that although we fail and although we depend on ourselves and although we think that we have the strength to do it, that we instead fall under his lordship, meaning that he is our boss. He tells us what to do. We do, what, we do it glad, gladly. I think so many, we don't understand lordship, but we, I think, and so that's why I use the word boss, because I think we understand boss a little better. It's, it's a weak word in compared to lordship, but I think we understand it better. That we submit to his lordship, and even though we might fail, he's ultimately the one who tells us what direction to go and what to do. And that if we submit to his lordship, then we too will rise again to spend forever knowing him. So these are the things it's asking us to pray for. As the ending of Ephesians, as the ending of the, the armor of God, these are the things it's asking us to pray for. Boldness to share the good news and to pray for everything, pleading with him because we need him for everything. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to invite the, the worship back up. And we're going, to, we're going to play some music, okay? And they're going to play for however long. And what I'm going to encourage us to do is to, we're going to stand up and get into groups. We're going to pray together. This armor of God is done in groups, in community. If we just do community, we're going to fail. If we just depend on ourselves, we're going to fail. If we depend on anything else besides him, we're going to fail. And so as we get into groups, as we pray for one another, I want you to focus on two things. I want you to focus on praying for whatever it is that's on your heart and plead with him because he is good and because he's powerful and because he desires to hear from you. And he can do it. He can do whatever. He can do it all. And number two is to pray for boldness. That as we, not just this week, it's going to be so, like, we have this next barbecue coming up where we get the opportunity to share the gospel with the people that are around us by action or even uh, in word, I hope. But while we, but not just that, but that we would, as we step forward, we're so dependent on him, so dependent on him, that if he says, share with that person, do it. If he says to pray with that person, then do it. If he wants, whatever he wants you to do, do it boldly. Fully dependent on him. So, as they start playing, I'm going to have you guys stand up, those who can. Get into groups. If you notice people who are not in groups, pull them into your group and pray for these two things. Okay? And as you guys get done, they're gonna, we'll get to a point where we're singing, uh, singing words, but just, just stay where you're at, continuing to pray in that group, continuing to sing in that group, continuing to worship the Lord in that group. And although there's going to be a temptation here, that when you guys get done, the temptation is going to be to start talking and chit-chatting, and, 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 and I think that's great, and there's a place for that, but not right now. Pray together. Submit yourselves to the Lord. Submit yourselves to each other, and let us stand firm together, fully dependent on Him, the one who is worthy of it all.
I'm going to pray for you guys. Lord Jesus, please help these people be dependent on you. Help me to be dependent on you for everything. To not make contingency plans, Lord, for the words that you've called us to do, the things that you've called us to do, Lord, but to just rest in you. Lord, it is only by that that we are strong. Lord, help the people to be, to put down fears, anxieties, uh, worries, whatever it is that keeps them from getting into a group and praying together, but instead pull people in. And let's pray for each other for boldness and for whatever it is that we're going through, Lord, because you've gone through it and you're good. We worship you in your holy name. Amen.